Hi. Welcome to episode 12 of the Carrier's Edge podcast. I am Jane Jazrawi, co-founder of Carrier's Edge, and with me as always... I'm Mark Morell, other co-founder of Carrier's Edge. But if people have been listening to this for a while, they probably have an idea. I figured out. They so have, I probably have. introduce myself as Mark Morell, harried sound engineer yes. of the podcast. Apparently that was take number four of hello and welcome that I had to do. Because she does it loud one time, then quiet a time, and then loud again, and then this one was just right. But we've just spent... Four days? Four 24-hour periods of quality time together. Yeah. And I think we may hate each other right now. We're about due for a break. Yeah. So this ought to be a good hour. (laughs) This is what people want to hear, a married couple bickering because they've spent too much time together in stressful situations with lots of alcohol and not enough good coffee. Well, that is the... uh, Basically, the premise of every reality TV show is get a bunch of people together and find some conflict. And if it's and not see. there, then manufacture it. Mm-hmm. But the easiest way to have it is just to uh, have people spend time together in a confined space and see what happens. So so what do we have on the list today, Jane? We have a review of Workforce Builders that we have just completed, and uh, it was a very enjoyable experience. And... Uh, Kind of related to that is a little bit about our first encounter with the state of Missouri, which well, our, I hadn't. Well, oh, not our first encounter with it. No, but, but our, we drove through extended, it. That's not really. An extended encounter in Missouri and some yes. of the things that are different there. Very different. So, and we also have some thoughts about uh, some upcoming webinar things and upcoming projects and stuff like that. Obviously, I wasn't talking fast enough for you. Well, I thought you were done. Well, I kind of was, but. <laughs> well, why don't we start with a review of uh, the lovely state uh, that we have just spent time in. We were lucky enough to. Vo- and we're not being sarcastic. It was no. a lovely state. And we were lucky enough to visit both Missouri and Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> and we found out that Kansas City is actually not. Well, it is in Kansas, but it is also in Missouri. And it's really mostly in Missouri. So I was sort of disappointed because I hadn't before been to the state of Kansas. I'd been through Missouri uh, a couple of times, and I was looking forward to adding Kansas to my list of states that I visited. But then when we got there, I discovered that the airport is in Missouri. Most of the built-up part of the city is in Missouri. The uh, casino where the event was, that was also Missouri. So I'm like, ah, oh, boy. I'm never going to get to Kansas, but finally on, was it uh, um, Wednesday night. Tuesday night or something? Wednesday. It was Tuesday night. Oh, was it Tuesday? Yeah, we went out for dinner and got a tour of the area and got taken through Kansas. So I spent all of about 10 minutes driving through Kansas, but it's enough. I can add it to my list now. Yes, and it seems like we should go back because there's, uh, there's, there's a lot of things in Kansas that I really had no idea, or that area, Kansas and Missouri, that I had no idea about, so... Uh, going mm-hmm. back and visiting would be an interesting yeah. opposition. Yeah. So, except we just don't want to go anywhere anymore. Right now, we don't want to travel no. anymore. So, we were at uh, Workforce Builders Conference, which is a, a TCA conference, ostensibly about HR management issues, and all of the sessions were largely about related subjects on HR, so recruiting, retention, fleet management, those kind of things. 
So we were there, uh, went, started Monday afternoon and then uh, went Tuesday and Wednesday. And we had uh, some other things to do and we were actually uh, returning yesterday, uh, returning on Thursday. So it's been a busy few days. Um, in central time zone? Yes, in central time zone. But so the biggest thing that we noticed about Missouri uh, and our experience there, the number one thing that stuck with us is they do coffee in a very weird way. Well, I don't know about coffee itself, but the cream. Yes. Or milk, because Mark takes milk in his coffee. And here in Canada, or in Ontario anyway, you can get 1% milk, which is like normally milk is 2%, right? It's, or in the States, they have 2% or it's low fat. But we get this 1% stuff, and that's what Mark uses. So I use cream. And that seems to be okay. But they well, it's eat- not just here, but generally anywhere else I go, when you have coffee, you have options. So you go to a Starbucks, any other Starbucks I've been to, and they'll have uh, cream. They will have sort of whole light milk. or half and half cream. They will have whole milk, and then they'll have skim milk. But not in Missouri. In Missouri, you get half and half, and that's it. So every coffee place we went to, whether it was in the restaurant of the hotel they had a, like a separate coffee shop there. The Starbucks that we went to. In the, ho- in the airport. Yeah, in the airport. Well, even the McDonald's. They didn't. We went to McDonald's coffee. A couple of different uh, hotels we stayed in because it was the same at that Doubletree that we stayed in. Uh, and it was uh, all you get is half and half and that's it. So I, I think maybe they're figuring that they're solving two problems that you can have if the people that want milk are covered, the people that want cream are covered. But the problem is, is that I don't want milk in my coffee at all. And it's not, the yeah, it's half and half stuff both, is not. Travesty for both people. That's not right. And it kind of turns it a weird color and it's just like, oh, I yeah. like my low fat cream kind of thing, my 5% cream. And so, I don't want any cream in my coffee because that just know, makes it gross. No, because you're just grossed out. Yes. So we were just constantly amazed by the fact that we couldn't get proper coffee it was it was difficult but i maybe those uh i kind of got the feeling that the real locals just have their coffee black and just having any sort of lightener in there was a uh, a compromise uh sort of a peace offering to all of the travelers and all the visitors is here you want something to ruin your dark coffee have this had a mocha latte that was very good (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I mean, throw the chocolate in there. No, I didn't have to go there. I just wanted chocolate and coffee, and like infusing my coffee with chocolate seemed like a really good way to go about it when we were waiting for our plane to come home. Mm. So, yeah, so that was. But it was it was really interesting because we have so many different things to put in your coffee here. Yeah. That uh, and then then Mark kept on bringing up the whole concept of well, what if you have tea? What if you want milk (laughs) in your tea? And I just thought I don't think that. Not iced tea, but yeah, yeah, not sweet tea or iced tea, which we've sort of gotten used to. That whole you can't have regular what we consider regular iced tea in the U.S. Yeah, Yeah. regular iced tea is like, but I guess tea. Well, (laughs) cold tea is what I would call it with ice in it. Yeah, but they did have tea bags so that you could have like green tea and different flavors of it and things like that. But there are lots of people who want you don't to put, put you don't put um, milk in yeah, green, green tea, tea or flavored tea that kind of thing. You generally so have that was it. it. They didn't have regular tea; they just had flavored tea that you don't put milk in. Yeah, that sort of British influence of yeah. milky tea. It is not welcome in Missouri. 
I guess, or we weren't in the places in Missouri where they are. I'm sure that, you know, we will get much feedback in terms of, you know, <laughs> you can get it here. <laughs> Come over and visit so us here. somebody wants to tell us where we can go and get proper coffee with, yeah. with cream and or milk, but not both. Well, when we, we did, that. when we visited Prime, we did find out that, yeah, that seems to be the case. Like mm-hmm. we did confirm that there doesn't seem to be that kind of... Yeah, they had whitener. Uh, accoutrements for your coffee. Yeah. Well, I would use whitener, they too. They had, like, three different kinds of whitener. Can you imagine trying to, like, in, at Prime, they have so many different coffee stations. Imagine trying to make sure that you had cream that wasn't going bad at all of those stations. Yeah, true. There's, like, 50 stations in there. Yeah, true. So I'd be using Coffee Mate. Mm-hmm. I used Coffee Mate for a very long time when I was a kid. Yeah. When I was uh, in my 20s. Yeah. Oh, a lot of people do because it it doesn't spoil because you yeah. can keep it. Yeah, instant coffee with Coffee Mate, and if you want sweetener, you use the sweetener. All of these things that don't go bad and don't attract bugs. So, Ice. how much we have grown, we, we can't have... even stand that now. Now, now I, have I must to... have proper milk in my coffee and nothing but. <laughs> we are very proper that way. Yes. So that is uh, our high points of Missouri. Well, what else did we find really, really different? Um, I don't know that we found that uh, there was a lot that was really different. That was the biggest thing that jumped out at us. Oh, the preference for seafood everywhere. That was kind of funny because yeah. we went to, we go to Kansas, we're thinking, all right, we're going to have some dead cows here, you know, barbecue. We want some you know, yeah. pork. We want some beef. I thought we were going to have barbecue thrown at us everywhere. Yeah. Not yeah. at that hotel. But at that hotel, they, uh, uh, they seem to do better with seafood than with beef. And uh, at the, all of the receptions and stuff, most of the uh, food offerings were, well, there was some uh, beef things, but there was a lot of seafood uh, on offer there. So it was very strange. I don't, you know what? It, it occurs to me now that um, having seafood, having a lot of seafood kind of does go along with beef. Yeah, they there do is a together. lot of that. Yeah, because I mean, we have it here. It's not like we're on a. I mean, I don't think people would want to have seafood from Lake Ontario, uh, so we have it here all the time. Mm-hmm. But actually, the thing that I discovered was burnt ends. Yes, those are good. Yeah, something that we so have we, not we did, had any experience with. Didn't even did know existed get, when we got taken out to proper barbecue place. Yeah, we got to try burnt ends. No one could describe them to Nobody us. Nobody can really tell us what they are, but they're good. Yeah, they are good. It's some piece it's, of meat. They're just pieces I'm of. I'm guessing meat. it's I don't the know. end of the meat, and it's cooked. What end? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we're not sure. Then, what end although it is. I have to to be fair, I was not very awake. Yeah, by that point we were getting a little bit tired. Uh, a because, little bit. Yeah, we were. Uh, we'd been there. We'd been there for a couple of days. Uh, we were sponsors of the event, so we had an exhibit booth there, and we also did two uh, lengthy sessions. So that was a real, it was a real grind. So we had four hours of speaking time at this day and a half long event. So that was a, a real bit of work for us. So by the time, um, you know, the, the second night came along, we were starting to really fade. <laughs> so... <laughs> But I do uh, have to give a, a shout out to Al Anderson of Bose, uh, who did uh, a great favor to us and took us out. And it was a lovely evening. Yes, it was. It was Showed a very lovely Showed us around uh, Kansas City. Uh, we got a tour and took us to a fabulous restaurant. Uh, 
so uh, thanks, Al, for that. Uh, much appreciated. It was a, a great time. What was the name of it again? <laughs> Jack here. something? Jack Stack Smokehouse is the, uh, I think, the name of the place. We promptly would forget it. Well, because I never did get the name of it when we went in. I didn't bother looking at the sign or anything I never like looked that. at the and sign. I didn't look at the, like the, the face of the menu or anything. It was just when we were walking out that I thought, you know, I should probably get the name of this place. Like, what is this place that we've been at all evening? And I just saw it on a napkin uh, as we were going out. I saw uh, it, the name of it there. So, and, and then afterwards, I kind of wasn't sure because uh, it was getting late and I was getting tired. And I was like, well, what, what was this place? And so then somebody would ask me the next day where I went. And I'm like, uh, Jack something, uh, Jack smack, Jack stack. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. All the locals know. Yeah. It's just us, uh, us visitors that are sort of clueless on and that. And the little tiny places in Kansas City that are good for barbecue. Oh, yeah. There's, of course, All lots these, of them there. And, yeah. But uh, like some of the best is... Uh, yeah, like these in these terrible places, places and, or these terrible parts of town, but this has got this amazing food there, and celebrities go. Yeah, yeah, little hole in the wall places. So yeah, it was great. It was a, a really uh, overall. It was a very nice uh, four days and good amount of time down there and good adventure. Lots of lots of stuff to see and gorgeous area. So on the work side of things, as I mentioned, we did two intensive sessions they call them so it's a a two-hour block of content uh, that the audience uh, for some reason sits through uh, and doesn't leave uh, don't say that but our our first session uh, was all about best fleet stuff it was sort of recapping the findings and things like that that we found uh, when we went through it this year so not really that exciting uh, on this podcast because we've talked about that before so it's uh, similar to stuff that we've done uh, in the past, it was a good audience. There was mm-hmm. 30, well, the room was full. So it was, I yep. think, 32 people, and there was a couple standing in the back as well. So we we're pretty happy with that. Uh, the second session, though, is the one that I think is the more interesting one. And that was the one that, that you did about making trucking into a mission rather mm-hmm. than a job. So, um, you know, what was that experience like putting that together? What did you find from that? Oh, the content? Mm-hmm. Well, what I found was that where trucking really um, excels is in their ability to utilize transportation and their ability to work together. I really think that's powerful. So if you think about it, that trucks are, you know, they don't just move things from place to place, but they are traveling billboards. Mm-hmm. And being able to use that and the the one that is most uh, common at TCA is Reese Across America, but Special Olympics and breast cancer, raising money for breast cancer, that kind of thing, truck convoys and truck wraps, and those things are really used for it. So I talked about all the different ways that trucking uh, sort of helps the community and how they band together for certain causes, but on this, at the same time, how they don't really talk about it. They don't they don't mm-hmm. exploit it, whereas... Yeah, I thought that was interesting. They don't really, they barely, like you can sort of figure it out. The only way we know about it is through Best Fleece because we ask and they tell us what they do. So we have a pretty good idea of who's involved in what. And at the convention, at the TCA convention, they do, they do um, honor people, like thank people for it. So you get some sense that people are involved. But what is important is that 
all of this, all of these things are happening where people are able to give back and drivers really like it and drivers participate a lot, but it's not used as, you know, part of the overall image of trucking. So that's part of the marketing. Yeah. And that's a real, that's a real hole. Even within the industry, fleets generally don't, they don't promote it on their websites and they don't say very much about it, which I thought was an interesting point you made. And so they're not really making the most of it in terms of a recruiting tool, but they're also not making the most of it in terms of getting out beyond trucking uh, to the general public. They're not making the most of it as an advertising tool for the freight business. Uh, and so that was a, a good observation. Um, but there was uh, also a whole part of this thing is to do with people's desire to volunteer and desire to make a difference and how um kind of look at corporations outside of trucking and they there's a really big push for that that whole community involvement and giving back and making a difference and they promote it like like oh there's just tons and tons they usually have dedicated web pages sometimes dedicated websites for what they do and have movies all over the place and lots of advertising about it and trucking just doesn't but what it does is it attracts people to the industry or it attracts people to that company. They're not doing it completely out of the goodness of their hearts. They're doing it as recruiting tools and also as um, customer value tools, right? So um, you attract people who want to give back and will go to a job that where part of their job could be about giving back. And that is how you make this mission where you have, you know, we're not just about traveling from one point A to point B. We are also going to help these people or help these groups along the way. And people are really attracted to that. And un unfortunately, or you know, we had to mention millennials because millennials are particularly uh, attracted to this, especially young millennial women. 18 to about 25 are very, very attracted to this. So they will take a job with less pay to do this. They will buy things. They're more likely to buy things that are where the company has these kinds of missions. Uh, millennial males are sort of, they, they are also interested in it, but they tend to make their decisions based on whether things go wrong in a company. So they'll be fine until a company you know, makes a real wrong turn and then they go, hey, you know, we're going to check your product or we're going to leave your business, that kind of thing. So that whole desire to of young people and even like you don't have to be young to do it. There's a lot of people who are interested in volunteering to utilize that to bring people into the industry. That That is a real powerful thing. Hmm. Yeah, I thought that was a couple of really interesting points there. First of all, the idea for the session originally came from a comment uh, that Ron Good at TCA had received from a driver who really loved being part of Reese Across America and felt that that was an important way to sort of give back, use that truck to do broader social good and really loved that. And so Ron had the idea to do this session and had asked us to, uh, to do it. Uh, to talk about that. So I think that was really an important part of it is that drivers love that stuff. It really mm -hmm. makes them feel valued. So it helps to build engagement and all of that side of it. But the point you're making is also really interesting that it attracts a whole other group of people that the industry is trying to attract. So I think what we're sort of realizing through this 
research is that there's a massive disconnect here between what trucking does um, as a group, which trucking does a lot of that kind of uh, social type stuff, but they don't ever say anything about it internally and they're not um, shouting it to the world the way they kind of need to to get the attention of the millennials that they're trying to attract into the industry. So there's a, a big missed opportunity there. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that you've said it, I mean, certainly the people that were there in the room really got that, the recognizing that, hey, we should be doing a lot more with this. We're doing a ton of stuff, but we're not saying anything. And one of the easiest ways, I think, if even if you don't want to do the whole truck convoy thing or trailer wraps or even spend any money at all, you can... Uh, one of the things that I was talking about was Truckers Against Trafficking, which is an excellent cause, basically finding people who are, who are, I uh, can't remember the word. Human trafficking Human victims. trafficking victims at basically truck stops. So keeping an eye out. So when dr- drivers are going into places that not a lot of other people go, they can keep their eyes out for specific signs of trafficking and, and call a number to help. And what you do to be involved in truckers against trafficking is um, watch a video. Yeah. And you can do it through their website and then download the card and then you have the card and that's it. And apparently it has just raised awareness to mm-hmm. no end. And truckers again, I mean, sorry, not truckers against trafficking, but they work with um, they work with another agency that has basically had you know, calls going through the roof. And there's been like in the last few years, there's been uh, hundreds of cases that have been opened and some of them have been closed as well. So they are really, really grateful for that help. So that's one of the things that you can do or if you want to start small is is find, you know, just some way to start locally and then move and, you know, grow it. Because I think that's what a lot of the best fleets have done is they started doing local things and they just got more and more involved. And now they're just involved in mm-hmm. tons of things. It's, you know, they'll have like five different local charities and then they'll do something with, they'll join a truck convoy and they'll participate in Reese Across America. They'll have, Prime was a great example where they had, um, they have a highway diamonds program for their female drivers, which is amazing. And they have a banquet or a gala every year and they brought in uh, Highway Diamonds has a has chosen different charities. And one of them was TAT or Truckers Against Trafficking. And at that gala, they had the they brought the Freedom Drivers Project, which is basically a, um, a traveling display of you know all kinds of information about this and they had this had a speaker from tat what are the highway diamonds oh good question the highway diamonds are a group of prime drivers who are women so they're female trainers female drivers and they are basically band together they're you know a, a specific group they have decals on their trucks they ha- and they do there's a lot of they have their own community and there's a lot of support there so when female drivers want to go or are interested in prime they know that they have this community of support they can go and they can be trained by a female driver they don't have to worry as much about the the whole, you know, being alone or or trying to make it in a man's world, and they have this developed this real sense of community, and they real they have quite the voice. Well, and the upside for Prime is that it's increased the percentage of women in their fleet substantially. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Prime was one of the speakers on the, this panel, 
Um, Halver Lines was uh, also on the panel. So two good examples of fleets that are doing a lot. Very different uh, size fleets. Uh, Halver's, well, Halver's getting bigger. They're about 450, 500 trucks now. Um, but Prime, of course, is 10 times that size. So um, big variation in the kind of things they can do. But at the same time, they're, they're all, or both of them had found different ways of doing it uh, stuff at the, at the local level, uh, regionally, and they're involved in national programs as well. So it's stuff that any size fleet can get involved with. And, and I think a lot of fleets are doing something in that area already. Actually, and, and no. Well, a lot, yes, but not all. There certainly not all. I think a lot of them are doing... Per, no, there's about 25% of the people that we talk to through Best Fleets who aren't doing anything, really. Really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, they may be doing something like really really sort of low-key, like I'll give you a truck for a parade kind of thing, but they're mm. not doing anything that they could be in terms of social good. However, they may not be telling us. That's the yeah. other thing. They may not be saying. Well, that's usually something we ask about. So if it's not coming through, then they're probably not doing it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's not that difficult. There's a lot of things that can be done, and there's real benefits to it as the well. The drivers love it. So, I mean, a lot of the things that, or the programs that Prime and Halver were talking about were driver-driven. Yeah. Like that, it was suggested by a driver. A driver started out doing it and then asked for support. So I think that's a really good way to try and start one of these things is find out what your drivers want to do. Well, I remember hearing about that a couple of years ago from uh, Fremont contract carriers uh, who had been very active with Reese Across America because a driver requested mm-hmm. it. And they had, this was a few years ago, that one of their drivers was a finalist for driver of the year and was at the TCA convention. And so they're backstage waiting to come out um, for that whole presentation. But he saw this video that was being played because they're talking about the Reese program. Oh, was that the year that they did the big Reese? Yeah, they did some big video about that. And then the driver was like, hey, I'd like to get involved with that. So then the company got involved because the the driver had been a uh, was a vet and wanted to uh, sort of give back that way. And it ended up turning into a big thing that the company is doing. And of course, the drivers absolutely loved it. So, yeah, finding out what the uh, what the drivers are interested in, which is one of the questions we ask in the Best Fleets questionnaire, is how the company supports the outside interests of drivers not just how do drivers help the company's charitable work. We look at it sort of from both directions. But yeah, there's a lot of benefit to doing it. Certainly the drivers like it. They feel engaged. Uh, the retention scores, uh, I think, are, are better in those companies that are actively involved in those kind of things. So there's a real upside to it. Well, there are five benefits to being a volunteer that uh, I was when I was doing research there was a gentleman, I can't remember the company that they were from, some a research firm, may have been PwC, who said, you know, it's just surprising that anybody does any volunteer work at all. But the fact is, it really just makes you feel better. So when you're giving the best or when you are feeling bad about yourself or whatever, the best thing you can do for yourself is do something for someone else. Mm-hmm. And so the the benefits are 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 actually physical as well. So one of the mm. one of the benefits that we found was that it it actually improves your health. And you don't necessarily have to feel like you to volunteer it doesn't have to be just about this altruism that you just want to help you know society and things like that. 
if you want to just make yourself feel better or you want to learn something or you want to increase networking, then volunteering is a great way to do it. And the outcome is that it doesn't really matter what you went in there with. The outcome is that you've helped someone or that you have improved the lives of someone else or you've improved something about your community or about, you know, the general the general well-being of society. So mm-hmm. I think Reese Across America is something like that because technically there's no there's no sort of monetary benefit or there's no real physical benefit to laying Reese on graves. Mm-hmm. However, it is a huge spiritual, a huge, yeah, absolutely. you know, it makes people feel so much and there's all kinds of different feelings that go into Reese Across America, but that feeling of being able to give back, that feeling of pride, the feeling of law, like all of those things. And it's the same with um, the convoys. So the breast cancer convoy and Prime is really involved in the Special Olympics convoy. And they have, there's a lot of feeling uh, that goes in there. Hmm. And there's a lot of, um, and that really increases the dedication. So, and, and you have people banding together. It makes you feel like more of a part of a group. It's just, there's so many intrinsic benefits to, mm-hmm. to doing that kind of work. Yeah, I thought it was a very interesting idea for a session. And the, the content that you came up with for it was really good. The one section that I was really interested in uh, and found uh, kind of fascinating was sort of that last segment where you had interviewed uh, Debbie Sparks and, and about the stuff that she's doing and got like sort of the best practices for how to have a success with all of that stuff. And I think that's something where there's a real benefit in sharing that with other fleets because everybody wants to get involved in these things, but there are pitfalls and you want to make sure you do it in a way that can be successful. And uh, she had some great uh, information that she provided you on that. Well, one of it was prepare the driver, make sure the driver knows what they're doing and understands what the the level of commitment is, what they're, they're expected to do, how they're expected to Mm -hmm. appear, Uh, make sure they have, you know, give them some of the company clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I guess I should clarify. Uh, Debbie Sparks, up until the end of May, was the uh, VP of development um, or programs or something like that at, at TCA. And uh, as of June, she's moved over to work at Reese Across America full time. But when she was at TCA, she was sort of the person responsible for coordinating all of their involvement in these different programs like Reese Across America, like the Vietnam uh, Veterans Memorial, uh, all of these other things. So, As well she, as Best Fleet. So that's as a, well as Best Fleets. It, yeah, she was our contact there. But getting involved in these different things year after year, she's seen a lot of the good and the bad and what works and what doesn't work. So Beyond she, Time was one of them. Yeah. Apparently she had a great story about... Um, a number of drivers who'd been doing the Arlington convoy, the final leg, um, for years and years. So they decided that they were going to have their own little event and had their own little event and were ended up being late for the convoy, which was, of course, panicking everyone. That causes a whole bunch of problems oh, yeah. because that final trip into Arlington, there's escorts, there's media, there's crowds on the streets. And if half Do not of the trucks to... <laughs> don't show up because they're doing their own event, it causes a real problem. So like that kind of stuff 
kind of leads to the whole prepare your drivers thing. Mm -hmm. Make sure they understand that they're part of something bigger. Make sure they're dressed appropriately and they look like a proper professional representative of the business and the cause. And a lot of it is just, I think people just not really thinking about it. Like drivers didn't really, it didn't occur to these drivers that other they people were trying were to, them. yeah, they weren't trying to do anything terrible or anything. It was really just, they didn't realize. Yeah. So, so choosing the drivers is a, is a big thing. Um, and that was one of the things that came up through those interviews is that, you got to choose the right drivers because certainly they got to have people with the right safety record and good history with the company and stuff. But in some of these causes, there may require maybe background checks that are required. There may be criminal checks and things like that that need to be done. Certainly for wreaths across America, some of those uh, things are going on to act military bases. So there's security requirements there. Some of the other outreach programs that involve schools and things, uh, the drivers have to have background checks on that because, of course, you got to be careful who's going on to, on to schools. So there's a lot of things that are involved. Um, but I was, uh, I really found it fascinating listening to sort of all of those best practices and how to have a success with it in terms also just planning how to have it fit into the business knowing what to expect so that it's not massively disruptive to the business as a whole. Mm -hmm. So it was, yeah, it was a really good session. Uh, and the best part for me is that, uh, Jane you didn't sort have of, to do it. Yeah, Jane took this thing. Originally it was going to be both of us doing it, but Jane took this thing and just ran with it and did all of this research. And there was really nothing for me to contribute. So I just sat in the audience, which was great. I was quite yeah. happy for you to be in the audience. And I was very happy to not have to do the work. So <laughs> it worked out beautifully for us. Uh, so that was, uh, yeah, well, that's, that was our second session. I guess that's a, a bit about the two sessions we delivered. Unfortunately for me, because of the other things that we're doing, I didn't get to see anybody else's sessions, really. Uh, I was hoping to go to some of the other sessions that were happening. Uh, there were some good ones that were booked there, and I was hoping to get to see them and just never got a chance to, which... Kind of sucks, so I'll have to check out the recordings of those, um, which you can get through yeah, Truckload the Academy. Yeah, available in Truckload Academy, so I'll have to check out those recordings and, and see. Um, any other thoughts on workforce builders? I was very sleepy <laughs> since I I uh, did not get good sleep, uh, and yeah. then when you have the adrenaline of of doing a session, then it just wipes you out. So oh, yeah, falling asleep in the back of a car was. Uh, well, that's, happening that's a lot problem, is when you're traveling like that and you're doing these sessions, you even if you're well prepared for it, you're still the night before you're like up every hour checking the alarm yeah. to make sure you don't sleep through it. And then just when you get off to sleep or you're about to go to sleep really nicely, then you remember, oh, crap, I got to do this. I forgot <laughs> to do this. And then it's time to get up. Well, and actually it was quite late on the Monday night. So the night before our first session. And then I, I realized, I think I was actually in bed already. And I realized that I had left my backpack down at our booth. Oh, that's which right. It had my, and it had my passport, wallet and, and passport wallet and stuff. I'm like, oh my God, how did I leave that? <laughs> just standing, sitting on the floor behind our booth in the exhibit area, which was not locked. I mean, we just walked down there and I went and grabbed the backpack. So I was very lucky, but uh, that's the kind of things that happen when your brain is so buried in yeah. all of this content trying to do these because things. Because I not only had those two sessions, one of which I 
you know, I started from scratch. I am speaking you got another next, one next Friday. Week. Yeah, a different one. Yeah, that I had to do different slides for and had to do that preparation. So I basically was finishing my slides for my next Friday presentation with Northbridge Insurance at West. Um, I was finishing that up and then we left. Yeah. So it was like, you know, presentation, 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 get on a plane. Yeah. present. So, <laughs> and, you know, I know a lot of people do that. I know that this is, you know, I am not the only person in the world, in the universe that is doing it. But my problem is, is that I have other things that are my, my actual job well, <laughs> that you, I'm trying to but do. But at the same time, some of these were very different sessions. So it's not like they're all variations of the same content. Yeah. Like our first session that was all Best Fleets related, that was fine. That content's pretty good. We know that. The one that you're doing next week is also Best Fleets related. So it sort of flows and it may be different pieces of that content, but it's all in the same uh, in the same area. This thing about the whole mission, it was sort of a brand new direction. Yeah. So it was And it was related up. to Best Fleets, but we don't even score that yeah. part. Yeah. So, so it was uh yeah, that was Frying the, the brain. That was the workforce builder's experience. So here's here's the thing, though, is that, and I think that the TCA takes advantage of this every once in a while, is that I'm because of my expertise, because I I basically write content for a living, and what I have always done is learned or done research for content and then write it into a into a form or develop it into a form that is going to teach people. So I can take any content and spend a month with it and come out the end with a story. There's the story. Yeah. And find a sort of the thesis of the thing, you know, why is this important? Even when I don't know what, why it's important at the beginning. So that's great and wonderful and I can do it, but it takes a lot out of you. I mean, oh, that yeah. whole sucking out the creativity from your brain, like that's a lot of, lot of energy being spent. Well, you spent. basically created a course on how to, uh, how trucking can do corporate social responsibility. Yeah, uh, pretty so, much. Um, and uh, with that, now that one is done and we move on to upcoming events. Which Distracted are driving. <laughs> We've got very yeah, a light schedule of upcoming events, but you mentioned you're off to Red Deer yes. next week. I'm off to Red Deer with so, you. You're coming too. Yeah, but I don't have to do anything, so no, I'm just tagging you're just, along. You're just my Vanna White. I'm just the entourage. You are. Uh, I just carry the bags and uh, provide an arm for you to squeeze on the plane. Yes. Uh, Even so when the plane is not doing anything. Fine, yeah. Jane doesn't like flying. So... We're going there, and that's the Northbridge Insurance. That's their Western Fleet Summit or something no, like that. No, it's the Customer Appreciation customer Event. Customer Appreciation Event, which is basically all of their Western customers. Yeah, and we did a similar one here out east in uh, Milton? In Toronto. Was it in, Toronto? Uh, somewhere in the area uh, back in September. Yeah, I can't remember. So, I basically okay. got driven there, and then I spoke, and then I got driven back. I'm that, very spoiled. After that, we don't have anything on for a little bit. So, no. so then we will sleep. Yeah. And, and ignore everyone. But on the course side, you said you're working on distracted driving mm -hmm. as the next title. Plus, we have Spanish and we have a couple of Spanish and Punjabi translations coming out. So, yeah, those uh, are at the voiceover stage. Yeah. Now, but new, so. for new content, that the next course is going to be distracted driving. So the, okay. the people have been very interested in, in like we do have a little bit on it in our defensive driving course, Yeah, but it's really just a page and I can probably make that into a, you know, 
20 minute module. Be, yeah, half hour, 20 mm-hmm. minute module, like some of the other ones just, we've done recently. Because there's so many different ways to be distracted yeah. now. I mean, when we wrote, or when I wrote Defensive Driving, when we created it, it was really just cell phones were just starting to be. Well, and the bit of content that issue. we have in there is mostly about sort of be aware, don't be distracted. Yeah. It's kind of that. But now it's its own discipline almost. Mm-hmm. That's here are the different ways that you might be distracted. And looking at the normal approach that you have on courses, you're going to look sort of before it happens. How do you avoid it? How do you prep for it? Um, what can you do to sort of better position yourself to avoid problems? And then what to do, uh, after. What to do after, how to handle it. And like there's going to be a whole sort of cycle of things in there, I'm sure. Um, not just best practices uh, around avoiding it. Not just it, a but list of best practices. Yeah, there'll be a whole story there. So, yeah, I'm curious about that one. Uh, I'm, I'm always curious at the beginning of these things to see where, where you I take go. it and, and where it ends up. Well, it always ends up going somewhere interesting and being sort of a uh, a good, uh, and it's, it's always a good story there. I got to say that I don't write about things that bore me. Hmm. Or things that I think are so completely obvious that I don't need to put it in a course. Like, why am I even saying that? Everyone knows that. Um, so when I'm looking at transportation or transportation-related courses, I'm not going to write about things that, or let take like security, border security, or security. Uh, you know, what was that course that I wrote about security called? Do you remember? You did a couple of them. Yeah, I did a CTPAC course that was sort of crossing yeah. the border and the security you need. But then I, there was a security hazmat security. security yeah, that's sort of security awareness mm-hmm. that, um, you know, you really have to find the thing that sort of sparks your interest. Or if you're not interested in writing the course, then who's interested in taking the course? <laughs> like, really? Yeah. I mean, if you're just going to say, uh, copy down the regs or maybe yeah. translate them a little bit into English... But if nobody, if you can't even bother to be interested in your own content, yeah, then no one else is going to be. You have well, to have that. that's a good that. point. You've got to find the thing that interests you, and then uh, and then build make on it, it about there. yeah, make it about that. Well, that's that's uh, that's a good comment, and it's uh, it reminds me of an article that I read years ago from a famous uh, music producer. And I can't remember who it was, but it's somebody who had done tons and tons of hit records. And that was basically what he said as well, is you have to find the heart of the song. And mm-hmm. it's not necessarily the hook of the song or like the chorus or anything like that. But there's a heart. And at a larger level, there's a heart in every album. This was back when people were still doing albums, even on CD. But um, you have to find the heart of it. What is it? What is the artist? Um, um, trying to convey What's the message? And, and, and yeah, and, and may not be sort of a message in terms of a message song, but uh, what is it, the emotion or the spirit of it? And when, and he used that phrase the same as you did is when you find the heart of the thing, then everything else just sort of flows yes. out of it. Uh, and uh, yeah, that makes sense. And I think that's why in, that's why your courses are different is, is that there's a, there's a heart of something in there and the content flows out around it in a way that's a little different. And that's why it's so, you know, such a different approach than what we see uh, from other courses and, and and outside of trucking as well. A lot of the time, the courses are really just very basic, uh, just reciting the regulations or whatever. But Or giving you instructions. Yeah, here's a list Thank of instructions yeah. to, to memorize. And that just never works. We were showing someone um, uh, an example of our courses. And what I remember is uh, 
there was a couple of examples and it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when we showed the security course with the steps mm-hmm. and and the character with, yeah. you know, all of the buttons over his head. and But it was the steps so with the colorful yeah. sort of road and the steps along the road so that you can see where you have to pay attention. Mm-hmm. I, re- I noticed there was a lot of perking up. Yeah. So what, you know, having that visual and not just have the truck or whatever and the list of things that you need to do, but having that sort of a visual that's going to be a little bit more inspirational than, you know, here's your list. Right. Lists, there's so many lists well, in trucking, I, man. That's why I use that slide in demos because it gets people's attention. Yeah. It, it's real a grabber for that. So, yes, I will be very interested to see where you uh, where you go with the distracted driving and yeah. what comes out the end of that. Just don't let me drive while I'm doing it because I'll be distracted. <laughs> You'll be distracted yes. doing distracted driving course. Well, on the, uh, on the LMS side, the last, I don't know, month or so, well, the last couple of months and kind of the next month as well had been a lot of really boring stuff. So a lot of stuff that is really not exciting to talk about because it's been a lot of kind of cleaning up the plumbing or fixing it, underlying pieces and a lot of minor annoyance type stuff that... It's like know, fixing your or getting your windows done or getting your roof done. It's it's not yeah. like it's not as exciting as getting a new kitchen, but <laughs> it's really good to do. Yeah, you need to and do And you it. get the benefits of it. And life is way better. Well, yeah, replacing the furnace, you know, yeah, the most there you, you go. the most you may notice is that the 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 heat blows a little bit more out of the ducts, but and you'll ideally see a benefit on your bill down the road when it needs to be done and the world is better. And so we've been doing a lot of that cleaning up uh, sort of housekeeping maintenance stuff on the code, which ultimately does make for a better experience for customers and it makes the system faster and it's more scalable and all of that other stuff. But it is really not exciting to talk about, which presents the problem for me of the uh, we're doing our quarterly webinar next week on what's new with with Carrier's Edge. So sort of product overview, new features, best practices, that kind of stuff. And I look through all of the changes and it's like, man, if I start talking about all of these changes, the audience is going to be asleep in two minutes. Uh, we've got now a new checkbox for this. And well, most make it people about are process. not excited. Well, I am. So there's certain, I mean, I know that there are people that will absolutely love this brand new checkbox and whatever it is. Uh, but a lot of people aren't really there yet. It's sort of advanced features. So things for people that are really in there every day. And there, we know that there's administrative people that are in there a couple hours every day doing stuff and it'll make their lives a lot easier. Um, but for a lot of the people that come to the webinars that are sort of just getting started with it, it's way far down the road for them. They're not going to make the connection. So what I'm doing instead is talking about some sections of the system that people don't really, um, think about a whole lot, but can be very important. So uh, the first one is the whole thing about what happens when the connection drops, when somebody's in the middle of a course. And it's something you don't really think about until you have a driver who's trying to do a test and their connection drops just before they submit it. Well, if they spent 20 minutes working on a test and the connection drops and you go to submit it and it loses all their data because their connection's down, that's going to suck. So We've known that for a long time, so we built a system um, that kind of saves all of that stuff on their local computer uh, so they don't miss anything. 
people don't really uh, recognize that. They're not sure what to do about it, or they're kind of unaware of it in a lot of cases because it's sort of under the hood stuff. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that and uh, how it works and what to do if you see some of these messages. Um, I'm going to talk about some of the new features and things that have been changed, but also uh, some of the things that are just about to go live. Well, that's the other part of it is just because of the timing. We've got some things that are nearly finished, but not quite. So I'm going to showcase those and talk a little bit about what's new and what's coming and probably take advantage of this time to get some feedback from the uh, the webinar audience about you know what they think of this and and uh, how they want some certain things shaped and uh, hmm, that's um, a good idea. Are you going to use survey tools or? Uh, well, I'll do it during the webinar. So I'll show this thing and sort of pull people. You can do surveys. Uh, can you? Can, yeah, we can do polling. Um, I may just do a show of hands. Yeah. Or give them a couple of options. Which one do you like? Uh, or may just open it up for discussion as well. Depends how big the audience is, how many people are there. So we're going to talk about some of those things. And it occurs to me that by the time this podcast goes live, all of that will be done. So <laughs> if I, I can put on a postscript on this recording and actually have the the results of it. But that's what's happening. Uh, we do have some stuff coming up. The biggest thing that's uh, that we're about to launch on that side is a redesigned um, view for all of the modules. Because right now we sort of list all of the modules that a customer has and we break it out by different types so they can see the full courses and the refreshers and all of that kind of stuff separately. But it's getting to the point where there's so many modules in our library and all of these things that they've added themselves that it's getting to be a long and sort of unruly list. Yes. So we're adding in search and filters and things like that that will uh, make it a lot easier to find things. And uh, I think it's going to be faster, more intuitive, but it'll also allow you to filter based on like subject areas and content type and stuff like that. So uh, people will be able to just pull up, you know, they want all of the courses on CSA, they could just type that in and get all of that. Um, they want only want to see courses that they've changed in the last three months. They can do that. So lots of different options there. So that's what's coming on the LMS side. Um, and I think the biggest thing for us uh, coming up is that after you're finished with your thing in Red Deer, we are, come hell or high water, going to take some time off. Yay! Yes. Uh, so that's the biggest thing is we've been grinding pretty hard for the last several months and we uh, we need some downtime, particularly when you end up giving up your weekend for travel or for yeah. events and things like that. So we are looking forward to sort of end of June and having some time off. And I don't know that I have much else. I think that's kind of it. I think we're good. Yeah. So um, this will end up being one of the shorter sessions as evidence of our fatigue and our <laughs> So I guess uh, thank you and goodbye for listening. Yes. And goodbye.